The following podcast contains explicit language. Mary, I just realized we don't have any posters for the fix. Oh, we have to call publicity. Yeah, can I get one? I don't see why not. <laughs> Hi, and welcome to Happier in Hollywood, the podcast about how to be happier, healthier, saner, more creative, more successful, and more productive in a backbiting, superficial, chaotic, unpredictable, fundamentally insane world. I'm Liz Kraft, a TV writer and producer living in LA, and with me is my high school friend and writing partner of 19 years, Sarah. That's me, Sarah Fain. On this podcast, we talk about being writers in Hollywood, how we balance a career and friendship, and how to survive the war of attrition that is life in Los Angeles. In this week's episode, we're going to share all the skinny on our inaugural Happier in Hollywood Writers Retreat and talk about how it reminded us that it's so important to live in an atmosphere of growth. One of my sister Gretchen Rubin's favorite things to say. Indeed. And then we have not one, but two listener questions. We're giving all kinds of advice today. And this week, we're handing out hits to Mary Brooke and the Fix's writer's assistant, Laura, and giving ourselves a big drunken bomb. And finally, our Hollywood hack is a recommendation from several of our retreat participants um, who use it and recommend it highly. So, Liz, let's dive in. Yes, it's time for From the Treadmill Desk Sub, in which we discuss what's most pressing in our work psyches. And this week, it's our incredible Ojai retreat. Yes. We are so tired, first of all. Oh, my gosh. I mean. Exhausted. Yeah. Um, But we have been wanting to host a retreat for years. A long time. Yeah. Um, and we just decided you might as well just put something on the calendar. And once it's on the calendar, you have to yeah. follow through. <laughs> and of course, we chose a topic that we know a lot about, which yes. is how to get and keep a job as a TV writer. Um, and much to our delight, as I'm sure we've probably mentioned several times on the podcast, <laughs> all um, of our spots sold out in less than 24 hours. Yes. And we were really um sure that we needed to have like a cap on an, on the number of people. And having done the retreat now, I think we were so right. 15 people was all we could have done. Yes, because it was really a lot of individual attention. Um, and how would we have done that without capping it? Yeah. So um, it was really intimate. We got to know everybody. We forgot name tags, which I think turned out to be a good thing yeah. because we really worked on learning everybody's name within like the first 45 minutes. Yeah. So I felt like we really got to know every person there. And they got to know each other. Yes. Which was also fantastic. We set up front, like, the most important thing you guys can do at this retreat is get to know each other and be there for each other moving forward. Because really who you know and who's out there helping you and reading your stuff and giving you notes on it, that's, like, the the most important thing. Yes. Um, And... I think what we really came away with sort of driving home from Ojai is how great it is to do something new that's a challenge. To live in an atmosphere of growth. Yes. That was a big part of Gretchen's book, The Happiness Project, Mm -hmm. um, that when we're, you know, we're really happiest when we're growing. And it can be hard and challenging and scary and daunting and easier not to grow. but 
when you do it, it is so damn satisfying. Yes. No, I really feel revitalized. I do, too. After the, the retreat. And before it, I, I had a huge sense of imposter syndrome. Mm, um, yes. Which surprised me because the whole reason we were doing it is because this is, in fact, what we are experts at. Um but I still, like, I read the bios. Everyone who came to the yes. retreat sent their bios, and I was like, oh, my God, they're, like, really great. And some of them are writing teachers, and, like, yeah. they all have all these degrees. And I started to feel like, ooh, I, I'm not sure. Like, what if we're, like, kind of not up to this? Well, um, and there's that imposter syndrome, and then there's the imposter syndrome about, like, organizing something. Oh, God, yes. Which all the food, I mean, a lot of that fell to Mary, and we're giving her a big hit later, as we mentioned. So we'll get more into that there. But, I mean, you know me. I mean, this is not my area. So you and Mary really took over the planning, um, and— I was just sort of there. But, um, well, but that's not true. And because it's also, it was like, it was a huge logistical thing. And we had to make decisions about like where to go. Right. Everything that we needed to bring, kinds of food. I mean, Mary ended up making all of the phone calls, but it was a lot of like discussing and yes. options and willow- winnowing down. And it was just budgeting. Was a lot of budgeting. Yeah. So it was on all levels, we grew from yeah. just planning it, executing it, and then being there and really being teachers. I mean, yeah. And then I think what was great about it was another thing that you and I discussed on the drive home was that every single person there was also in an atmosphere of growth. Right. And I was so impressed because you and I have each other. So we were did everything as a team. So we kind of had that backup. Mm-hmm. But so many of the participants just came by themselves, didn't know anybody, showed up, had to have their work discussed in front of a group of strangers, then did a mock showrunner meeting in front of a group of strangers and were critiqued by us in front of the same group. Of course, by that point, they weren't really strangers anymore. Hopefully, they were friends. And what they were also expected to do critiquing of yes. other people's work. Yes. All of which is can be incredibly intimidating and scary. And some people had never been in these situations before. And I hope that they all left feeling like they'd accomplished something huge because um, I felt like they accomplished something huge. I did, too. I was... I mean, the number of ways in which I was impressed with all of them is sort of, uh, it's just like so vast. Um, But just the decision to go and to commit a full weekend of their lives to professional development was huge. And some people flew in from, uh, two people flew in from Idaho. Someone drove in from Arizona. Like people came from far away to do this. And that level of commitment is huge. And even if they came from L.A. and it was an hour and a half drive, you know, in traffic, they still took away all of that time from their lives to really focus on something important. And then when they were there, I mean, they were rock stars. They Oh, my gosh. The stamina required for this retreat was intense. I mean, this wasn't just like chatting and networking. I mean, this was intense, concentrated work. It was like 10 hours of focused work on Saturday. I think eight hours of focused work on Sunday. It Uh, required a lot. Yeah. and But it's funny because I feel like we really just did it because we feel like we have a lot to teach Mm -hmm. and share, and we feel uh, just compelled to do that. 
But what I feel like we ended up getting out of it was so much more than that because it's the challenge. It's like natural childbirth. Right. It's like just doing something you've never done before, as you said, is so revitalizing. Yeah. Um, and we'll definitely do it again. Absolutely. Yes. But we're going to have to, like, up it somehow so that it's like a fresh challenge. Yes. I know. Topic. You know, I don't know. We'll we'll find some way. Yes. Well, we're contemplating Palm Springs, which is definitely weather dependent. Yes. So <laughs> um, we'll see. And and um, you know, thank you to everyone, by the way, again, who showed such interest in this. We yes. do have a wait list already for our next one. So there will be a next one. We don't yeah. know yet when or where. And thank you to um, everybody who came to this yes. one and shared so much of just who you are and of your work. It made me really excited about the future of television. Like, the fact yes. that these people are going to be, like, joining our ranks, some of yeah. them are, like, inches away from being yeah. working TV writers. Um, it just made me really excited. And, of course, I hope they hire us one day. Yes, the sooner the better. Coming up, we have not one but two listener questions. But first, this break. Liz, there is nothing I love more than having a delicious meal that I didn't have to cook, which is why I have been getting no prep, no mess meals from Factor. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. Last night, I had had blackened salmon with broccoli and with cauliflower rice. It was so delicious. It was the perfect dinner. Head to factormeals.com slash HIH50 and use code HIH50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code HIH50 at factormeals.com slash HIH50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. And now it's time for our segment, The Mail Room, in which we answer a listener question about the entertainment industry. A writer's assistant, he's shared his name, but we won't, just in an abundance of caution, um, wrote, I'm currently a writer's assistant working for a thoughtful, inclusive, and generous showrunner. I love my job. And it will last a few more months, but I also have managers trying to put me up for staffing positions and other job opportunities. I'm trying to only schedule things outside of our room's typical work hours. However, there's been a time or two where I request to leave 30 to 60 minutes early, and we're barely a month into the job. How do I keep explaining where I'm going without making it sound like I have one foot out the door? Champagne problems, perhaps. But I don't want to be ungrateful or make it seem like I dislike my job when it couldn't be further from the truth. Um, well, this is a great question. It is. This is something that a lot of people in Hollywood deal with. Like, as we talked about on the podcast the other day, Mary has a, her first general meeting. And, uh, you know, and that's, like, expected. People are trying to further their careers. That's mm -hmm. why they're doing these jobs. 
Um, But it is hard when you've only been there a month. I get that. Yes. But, I mean, I think the most important thing to do is just be honest with your boss because people Mm -hmm. do know that this is happening. And it sounds like the kind of person who's going to be supportive of you advancing your career and growing. And, I mean, everybody knows that you want to be a writer. Yes. You're not going to, like, miss real meetings that could lead you down that path. Yeah. People understand that. Also, I'll point out, if you're this close to getting a job where you're going on real meetings that seem like it could lead to you being staffed, you're probably someone who adds a lot of value in the room. Mm -hmm. So I bet while you're at the job, you're adding a lot of value, probably having good ideas, probably taking great notes. So the showrunner's likely happy to have someone who is so experienced that you're that close to a job. Um, So I don't think this is a problem. I know how it feels because perhaps this person is from the Midwest and feels (laughs) that they can't miss a minute of work. But I really do think that if you're honest with everybody, you will get the go-ahead to take those meetings. And you're working as a writer's assistant. That means there are other assistants in the mm, office yes. who can use the experience of stepping into your shoes. So if you're going to leave for a meeting, know who your backup people are. Yes. Know who your one, two, and three backup people are and make sure you've talked to them about what they need to be doing when they're stepping in for you. If you prep somebody to really come in and do the job well while you're gone, nobody will be pissed that you're gone. And it's good for that person. Yeah. Um, One thing that um, our writer's assistant did on The Fix was she would actually have people, the kind of people you're talking about, other assistants sitting with her while she took the notes to train them. Yeah, Jackie, our writer's PA, was sitting next to her very often. Yeah, so um, I think that's a great piece of advice. This could end up helping everybody. Yeah. Now, the one thing I would say that made me a little like, hmm, when I read your email was trying to put me up for staffing positions and other job Mm. opportunities. Now, if it's a staffing position, great. If it's a general that could lead to a staffing position, like if it's a meeting with an executive, great. But when you say other job opportunities, that could get a little hinky. Like if you're looking for the same job on a different show, I would find that to be problematic. If If you just started and you're you know, and you still have three months left and you're like, I'm looking for the same job on a show that goes a little longer, like that kind of thing, Mm -hmm. that I would be annoyed by that. Yes. If it's something that's going to directly lead to a staff job, it's fine. If it's too far off that mark, then yes, I agree. It could get annoying. Yeah. So stay on your path. Good luck. Anonymous. Yes. And then we have another question from Hillary in our Facebook group. She wrote, I'm a new mom, and I balance a main job with my podcast, Hustle and Grace. Please subscribe. Mm -hmm. Um, I have to admit, I have had a very hard time getting back to podcasting and all the responsibilities therein since having a baby. I'd love for you to share how you are able to produce an episode each week. Do you batch recording, have help writing scripts? Do you always have a script? Do you outsource everything? Do you do one monthly brainstorm, a shared Google Doc for brain dumping? I'd love to know how you seemingly flawlessly pull it together week after week. Yours is my very favorite one to listen to, the perfect blend of self-improvement and fun. So I'd love to hear how you make it happen. Well, first of all, thank you. That was so nice. So nice. (laughs) Um, Well, I mean, we have help. Yeah. I mean, obviously, we have our amazing executive producer, Chuck Reed, Mm -hmm. who does a ton of work on the show, editing and making us sound good. And that's the flawlessly 
is because of yes, that's Chuck, Chuck, if it sounds flawless. And then, of course, we have Mary, our assistant, doing a tremendous amount of work for us as well. Yes, and we do have a Google Doc. We do yes. everything in Google Docs um, that Mary and Liz and I all have access to. And we don't really, like, sit down and have podcast meetings every week, though. No, it's more that anytime something bubbles up, we're like, Mary, put that in the document. (laughs) Hollywood hack. We'll use that in 103. Um, Sometimes we will sit down and brainstorm, but usually it's more on the fly. I mean, what's interesting is when we started this podcast, we were sort of asking ourselves, can we even do this? Because we do have an extremely demanding job. But your point was, well, we're together all day, every day, and we have lunch together every day. And we drive places together. Yeah. So you were like, we're together anyway. We might as well talk about the podcast, which is, of course, what we do. Well, and it draws from the experience of our lives. So it's not like we have to go and do research about something. It's, you know, we're talking about the things that we would be thinking about anyway. Yes. So that really helps us. Like yesterday, we were um, driving in the car on the way to a meeting. Uh, When you have a meeting in Santa Monica, you have some time (laughs) to chat. So we would just talk about stuff, send Mary an email. Mary puts it in the script. And then we, like, over lunch, we each had our iPads out. Yes. (laughs) And we were typing in our scripts. So to answer that question, do we have a script? We have um, what I would call an outline. I mean, obviously, most of it is not scripted, but we have ideas for questions we want to ask guests. We have what the segments are and intros um, just to, you know, make it smooth. Yeah. Um, and we usually each, we split up the scripts and each sort of take one and and Mary puts things in as we go. So I really hope you can get back to podcasting. Uh, it's hard when you're a new mom. but And it's um, hard when you're doing all of the different yes, facets yes, of podcasting. Yes. If we were editing, I mean, we wouldn't oh, be able to do it. N- absolutely not. Um, so we're lucky that we have help. Yeah. Just make it shorter. Maybe just do yes. little, little episode lets. That's a good idea, at least to get back in. Yeah. Or another good thing that Hillary could do would be to do seasons of her podcast. Ah, Like kind of prep everything and do however many episodes are manageable and then take a little break. Um, You know, my favorite kid podcast is Little Stories for Tiny People. And Rhea Pector, who does that podcast, she does a certain number of episodes. And then there's a break. And then you know there are more coming. And we get very excited for the new season. So that's another option, Hillary. And now it's time for our segments, Hits and Bombs, because Hollywood is all about big hits and big bombs. And we're going to start with our hit. It's a big hit. It's a big hit. And it goes to Mary, Brooke, and Laura for all of their amazing work at our writer's retreat. Yeah. I mean, particularly Mary. Yes. Because she really, in advance of the writer's retreat, did just an insane amount of, like, researching where you can have food delivered from and just, like, all the logistical stuff that had to be managed. She even picked up 13 chairs from downtown, chair rentals, and put them (laughs) in her car and drove them to Ojai. Yes. And then took them back. Yes. So Mary did a ton of advance work, a ton. And then Brooke and Laura joined us for the weekend and helped uh, with setting out food, with keeping coffee going, with cleaning up, with, with buying extra sure, groceries. Yes, making sure we had ice and filling the ice bucket and all of these things that just had to sort of constantly be in motion. 
Um, and I hopefully they also got a lot out of the weekend and had fun. Um, but it was a lot. So we really couldn't have done it without them. We couldn't have. And then really, like, the most valuable thing they did was just share their experience. Mm, like, they yeah. were basically participants in the retreat while they were there, while also being like, gotta go fill the coffee maker. Right. Um, which, you know, bow down to them for balancing all of that seamlessly. But, like, they were sitting in the circle yes. as we were talking to everyone and sharing their experience from inside. Yes. Um, and, you know, for Mary and Laura, that was super valuable to the participants in the retreat because they were sort of in the same position mm-hmm. as some of the the people who were there. And then for Brooke, she's a staff writer. Yeah. She's like one step ahead of everyone. Yes. And it was so good for everyone to just have... Um, the benefit of her experience. Yes. Now, of course, I'm thinking I wish we had a little Brooke talk where she talked about being a staff writer. So that would let's be good. make a note for next time. Plus, also, she's Brooke and she's awesome. Yes. So big hit to those three for making our weekend seamless <laughs> or hopefully somewhat seamless. <laughs> yeah. And uh, then us. We get such a bomb. Yes. Because um, we were bombed. We were bombed. <laughs> So after a long day on Saturday, which included like a cocktail party, that's where the bomb comes in. Yeah, it's a Q&A um, session. And, and a Q&A um, and just sort of talking all day long. You and I. All day long. Were like, we really need to relax with some wine and champagne. <laughs> and we got quite drunk. Yes. You had wine and champagne. I had vodka. Oh, yeah. You had vodka. That's right. And I am not... 20 years old anymore. That it turns is evident. out. Yes. We um, we drank too much. We had oh a great God. time. It was so fun. Like, we were hanging out with Mary and with Brooke and with Laura, yeah. and it was really fun. It was so and it much fun. it felt like, you know, being, like, college post-college. Yeah. Oh, it was so nice. But no. But then we had to get up at, you know, <laughs> 7 a.m. Sunday and do this whole thing again. Yeah. <laughs> Talk for another eight hours and concentrate. Yeah. And I've gotten to the point where I do not sleep well when I drink. Yeah. Because um, my body's, you know, just not, doesn't handle it as well as it used to. <laughs> so I didn't sleep well. We were hungover. Um, and uh, we had to really rally. Yes. To pull I don't think together. it was obvious that we were hungover. Hopefully at least not. not after the first hour. It uh-huh. faded. But it we were fade. like, okay, if we do this again, we have to rein it in. Yeah. We don't have to be teetotalers, but, like, yes. one drink. Two. Okay, two. We, we, we <laughs> can't just let loose the way we did. No. As fun as it was. Yeah. It was really fun. It was. <laughs> okay, next up, we have this week's grammar-perfecting Hollywood hack. But first, a break. Okay, Sarah, it is time for this week's Hollywood hack, and it is called Grammarly. This is something we learned about at our retreat because you and I were telling everyone that one thing that will really keep people from reading your script, and I would say this is true in all careers if you're writing a cover letter or a resume, the easiest way to X somebody out as a possibility to hire is typos and bad grammar. Yes. Like, we just do not take anyone seriously if they have major bad grammar in the first five pages of their script. No. Or typos. Or first. I mean, we will stop reading. Yeah. So several people, when we talked about this, spoke up and said, oh, Grammarly. And we were, what's Grammarly? Yeah. 
Grammarly is an online grammar checking, spell checking, and plagiarism detection platform developed by Grammarly Inc. Grammarly's proofreading resources check against more than 250 grammar rules. And um, the, our attendees said that there's, I think, a free version and a version you pay for, which does different things. So I don't know if you need the version you pay for, but I don't think it's very expensive. Yes. And if you're a writer, it's definitely something worth investing in. Yes. I wish this had existed when we were starting out. I know. It would have removed a level of stress, an yes. unnecessary but very important. Yeah, I mean, we used to pay script coordinators we knew to proofread our scripts on the side, um, and it would have been easier if we had Grammarly. Mm, Absolutely. So check out Grammarly. And that's it for this episode of Happier in Hollywood. Email us or send us a voice memo to happierinhollywood at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and please subscribe if you haven't already. Thanks to our executive producer, the amazing Chuck Reed, and to everyone at Sancola Sound. You can follow them on Instagram at Sancola Sound. And thank you to everyone at Cadence 13. Thank you to our logistics manager and assistant, Mary Merkins, who will be performing in the stand-up show Tell It to Sweeney, Sunday, April 21st. It's at 7 p.m. at Flappers Comedy Club in Burbank. Uh, Mary is on fire with her stand-up. And that's a show we can actually make it to because it's in the Valley, Mary. We're going to have to discuss this. Um, And as always, thank you to Gretchen Rubin. Happier in Hollywood is part of the Onward Project. Get in touch. I'm on Instagram at Liz Craft and Sarah is at S. Fain. We also have a Facebook group. Search for Happier in Hollywood on Facebook to join the conversation. Until next week, I'm Sarah Fain. And I'm Liz Craft. Thanks for joining us. It's a fun job. And we enjoy it. I really want to go to Mary's stand-up, but I have to get a babysitter because usually Mary is my babysitter. Oh, that's a problem. <laughs> I just feel like we're going to be nauseous watching. Like, oh, I know. Vicariously <sighs> nervous, but I'm excited. And she won't be able to say anything bad about us because we'll be there. This is true. <laughs> From the Onward Project.